0: You're listening to the premier podcast network.
1: Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about my friends out at the 10th ward barbershop in downtown Pittsburgh, Proudly serving the historic 10th Ward in Lawrenceville and the surrounding areas. 10th Ward Barbershop is a full service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. I can attest to this personally. I went down there to see my buddy Kane today. He shaped me up oh so nicely. Gave me a laser beam part in the top of my head. I look fantastic. And he didn't take a ton of time to. He is literally the best that I've ever gone to. Trust me when I tell you that. But you also don't have to take my word for it as much as I want you to. WWE superstars like Bray Wyatt and Corey Graves have all stopped in to see Kane at his barbershop and they will tell you the exact same thing. Now, right now, as much as they like having walk-ins during COVID time, they're only accepting appointments. So the best way for you to get in to see Kane or any of the other fantastic staff at their shop is to go right onto their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and sign up for an appointment. That's 10th one zero T H You can find them down here in downtown Pittsburgh, stop in and see Kane and tell him that Goober sent you. Peace and good morning world. Welcome to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Bernard. I want to thank you again for joining me on this beautiful Tuesday morning. I hope everyone everywhere is doing fantastic. I am so excited to let you know that I get the rest of my COVID vaccination. I get Moderna shot on Saturday this week. Courtney and I are going to get it done. I can't fucking wait to be back in public doing things again and just living life normally. Hopefully soon enough, we will be through this. Please, for the love of God, just continue to wear your masks. If you can get your COVID vaccination, please go and get it now. They're going to be opening up the country pretty soon. I don't know when everybody can get theirs in the Philadelphia, Pittsburgh area, but it's coming soon. Just hang tight. Don't let up on the restrictions yet. Just do what you're supposed to do. Wear the mask and everyone will get through this soon. If you haven't had a chance to check out our content in the archives, I want you to skip back and take a listen to everything we have back there at FoundationRadio.net. Our Justice League episode just came out recently regarding the Snyder Cut. Don't worry, it's not four hours and two minutes. We kept it to an hour. Jeff watched it twice, so you wouldn't have to. I still don't understand why he watched it twice, but that is neither here nor there. Go ahead and skip back and take a listen to it. But do me a favor and watch the movie before you actually listen to the episode. The last thing I need is a bunch of angry tweets and pissed off people because I didn't fucking watch the movie first and listen to the show. There are spoilers in this episode. It's just like the Rise of Skywalker episode we did. There's spoilers. It is what it is. So check it out when you can. Today, my guest on the show is my friend and amazing artist, Henry Jones. Henry is from Westchester, PA, like myself. He's got a lot of really wild stories and really amazing things that he's done with his art, and I can't wait to share the story with you today. Henry is also doing a really amazing collaboration with Adidas right now, so I really want you to go and check that out, and everything else he's produced over at henryjonesstudio.com. You can take a look at all of his artwork. He's got an amazing merch store over there as well, so go ahead and check it out. If it's your first time tuning in, go ahead and smash that subscribe button right there. You can find me anywhere. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. We got a lot of really heavy wrestling stuff coming up pretty soon because it is WrestleMania season. WrestleMania 37 is in two weeks. I can't wait. There are actually going to be people in the stands. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to look, but I am excited to see the fans back in the stadium after a year's worth of Performance Center and Thunderdome stuff. It's really going to be an exciting time. Got some really cool guests coming as well. Jason Solomon, a.k.a. the Solomonster, is going to be stopping by the show sometime in April, as well as Josh Chernoff, who is the host of So Says Chernoff on Fight TV, and that was extreme on adfreeshows.com with the Blue Me. I definitely want you to go out, check out all their programming and see what they have going on. Also, if you haven't had a chance, go ahead and check out Duke Loves Wrestling. I was a guest on the show about two weeks back. We had a really great time talking about WWE and AEW and what's missing in wrestling right now. I also had a great time stopping by Between Two Studs, where we talked about the green, smelly dead guy I found at work one time. I also talked about why Goodwill Hunting is the one piece of art that speaks to me more than anything else I've ever watched. Go ahead and check both of them out. It's Duke Loves Wrestling and Between Two Studs. You can find them anywhere you find my podcast. Friends, let's welcome Henry Jones to the podcast today. Jones, what's going on, man? Not much. Good to be here. I'm glad to have you here, man. It's really nice to to chat with you. Um, so, I guess the best way for us to start is tell me about the first time that you picked up a skateboard.
2: Uh, I mean, I think it's. I don't think I could like pinpoint the exact time. I know it was in 1999. Um, my okay. neighbor. We didn't have like a lot of neighbors or anything where I lived it was pretty much like our house and cornfields. And then across the street uh, we had a neighbor and one of the older sons, Dave was a skateboarder. So I saw him, I thought he was the coolest and he was nice enough to uh, let me come over there. And I probably tried one of his out and then went through a dozen or so, like Walmart, Toys R Us Boys or whatever, until um, (laughs) you found one that worked. Well, until eventually, um, so we had Gordon's hunting and fishing, which was also right down the street from my house, and their two sons, uh, Chris and Jesse, also skateboarded. So they eventually started selling skateboard stuff there too, in like their little back corner of it. So eventually, I saved up enough money just to get like a deck. I didn't have enough for the trucks and wheels or anything, so I used like my Walmart trucks and wheels. And they ended up having like a different hole pattern, so I had to get my dad to drill extra holes in and everything. Eventually, <laughs> I managed to put together like a decent setup from hand-me-downs from like my neighbor's friends and different people and stuff like that. So around (laughs) 1999, 2000 ish.
1: I, to be honest, I, uh, I can't even recall the one and only time I tried to step on a skateboard. I am like painfully ungraceful. So, and I have no like <laughs> dexterity pretty much at all. So I know at one point I tried. And I, down, just, and it works. <laughs> I know I tried at one point. I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'm just, I'd rather just take pictures, man. I'm good <laughs> where I'm at. So, Fair enough. You know, so you have been doing art pretty much for as long as that point right now. I know your mom is an artist as well. Do you think yeah. you learned like, do you, obviously that probably came a lot from her, right. And her influence.
2: I mean, well, I, th- I think I've always kind of just had like a natural ability to do some sort of art. Um, definitely helped always having, well, my dad also happens to be an, a decent artist too. So my mom, she makes a living now as an oil painter does like a lot of, custom commissions and stuff like that for people. But um, on my parents' property, she originally bought the property and started a sign shop there, Marsh Creek Signs. Um, And then eventually when she married my dad, who was a math teacher at the time, he just so happened to be a proficient graphic designer and took over the sign shop with her. And he's, you know, created illustrations and stuff like that. And she happens to be amazing too. And so there was was just always art going
1: on all the time, you know? You had a line in your thrasher piece that I loved as well. When you said, do the make the art because you love it, with something along those lines. Right. Let me, yeah, let me source. Make it to make things. it. You know,
2: who don't yeah. be trying to, please a certain person or anything.
1: I feel like that's helped me too. in a lot of my avenues as well is just to, to the idea of making something just to make it because it makes me happy. And because it's something that I like doing and something that I'm good at. And I really feel that when I, when I look at your, at your pieces, when did you feel like it really started to take off for you as far as the art in general? Cause I know it probably, it took a little bit of time. Not everybody happens all right away. When did you feel like it really became something like, yeah, I really want to focus on this and do this.
2: Um, I think the first time I really got some like decent coverage from it was uh, I was working at Fairman's and pretty like at Fairman's and all my downtime, I would have just like a clipboard with a stack of paper on it, and I'd doodle and stuff. And of course, there's plenty of inspiration walking in and out of the shop all day. And I can, I, I can to, imagine. I love to play yeah. fun at people. So um, <laughs> uh, I remember <laughs> this one online. Uh, publication that at the time, and they still do a lot of like skateboard content. And, um, I think they try to really do a lot of stuff that's a little bit less mainstream. Um, I remember if you, are you familiar with Genka magazine at all?
1: I am. I actually did a random story. I actually had an interview with or facilitated, or they talked to me about something with Novak when Novak was in jail with the okay. magazine. Yeah. And I, and I, I unfortunately Googled Jankum, um, not putting the magazine at the end of it. So that was a whole thing. It was really just not, not yeah. fun. Yeah.
2: Well, that's not that a f- best, so. <laughs> Not a fun discovery. That's on my different, end, but yeah. Yeah. For a different podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jankum was the one that really got you like the first little bit of notoriety um, kind of. Well,
2: they had posted, um, they posted their Snapchat and they were like, you know, just send us fucking whatever, here's our Snapchat. So I was like, oh, here's like these doodles that I drew today, I'll send them to Gencom's Snapchat. And they Snapchatted me back in like a few minutes and asked for my email. And then they asked me to, if they could use one of the illustrations that I sent them for um, an Alex Olson interview, the professional skateboarder. And I think that was that was like the first time where I was like, oh shit, like my art, being used in like the skateboard industry now this is you know this is great um and from there i mean i just you know i just i think at that point i wasn't really posting on instagram i was just kind of like drawn and here it is and so after they um used that for their alex Wilson interview i was uh i just started posting everything i was drawing at ferryman's on instagram
1: and i just you know kind of snowballed yeah. going forward from there yeah, now. and
2: actually it was just making money from it so
1: Now you say with Fairman's, I, I recall, you know, coming in and out of there with some more notable people, um, and just seeing the way people dumbed out inside of the store, like when they would, you know, like it's, it's, unless you're there in the moment, it's hard to describe to other people what it's like to see somebody who has a little bit of notoriety, be interacting with people who are just there to find them. Right. And I know, you know, that feeling just just seeing it, but what would you say? I, I I love the, I love the sort of the satire, the really like heavy satire you put in in a lot of your pieces What is there one specific instance that you could talk about where you drew something that that was inspired by maybe like something the worst one of the worst things you saw at at Fairman's or just in general in the skateboarding world?
2: Uh, I mean, there's definitely a few that were like directly at Fairman's. Um, I wish I could like think of them off the top of my head. But I mean, like. There was so many there's so many of them where if you look at the drawing, it's like obviously making fun of I mean Westchester and Fairman's is uh you know, Fairman's in a college town. So we would right. have uh I like to poke fun at long borders a lot. Um and we we would have a lot of like the college frat dudes come in and um you know, it's just funny to kind of watch them timidly like dip their toes into this totally different scene of <laughs> long board. And it, and then of course we'd get like total nerds about it that would come in and just like be like rifling off all this terminology and stuff they're like i have no idea what they're talking about (laughs) i remember one time uh my buddy luke who used to work there he worked there prior to me and then when i worked there he was my manager so like it would be me working and then him he would be in charge i remember this one a uh, dude came in that was like super technical and nerdy about all the specifications of his longboard, and Luke's just sitting behind, like sitting behind the counter on his laptop, looking up like everything he's saying, <laughs> just like managing <laughs> to go back and forth.
1: with him. <laughs> So, Google like it on that. the fly. Yes, yes body exactly. Man. That, so, you, how long did you work at Fairman's uh, before you decided, like, yeah, this is this is it? Like, I'm I'm ready to really start rocking with the art.
2: I, I mean. I pretty much, I I remember it was one Saturday and I remember I worked there five years exactly, January 16th, 2011 to January 16th, 2016. And, uh, I remember it was a Saturday shift and I was just like, you know, I was there for 11 hours and I was just thinking, well, shit, I could make a lot more money just like Doing art for like five hours today instead of standing here for 11 hours today and making like less than $100. <laughs> so I put in my two weeks.
1: Now, I know that you you went to Westchester, like I guess we all did, uh, living there, but what were you studying at the time? Just out of curiosity.
2: <laughs> what wasn't I studying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the typical Westchester answer. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, Thanks. We're good. Yeah. A lot of time
2: there, or wasted a lot of time there. Uh, originally, <laughs> I, went into, I went to Westchester. Thinking, I wanted to be a teacher.
1: That's um, actually—it's funny you said that because that's actually what I started with going as well. I went education and history. So that's a, exactly what I did.
2: Um, <laughs> education, <laughs> history. Well, but, well, I had a couple really good history teachers that really inspired me. I was like, "Oh, this is—I think this is cool." And I, I'm super into like medieval shit and like World War II shit and stuff like that. Yeah. So.
1: Did you take Did you take any of Dr. Friedman's classes while you were there? <laughs> yes, I had a couple oh, of man. days. He, yeah. his, I had a, um, I think it was European studies and then we, they had an entire class on just the Holocaust. And yeah. like, honestly, I've, I've been the same way, man. I'm like, I'm a history guy. Don't give me any numbers. Don't give like, I like the idea of science, but the math behind it just fucks me up. But like the history portion, I'm about it. If you give me classes, I'll go all day, but yeah, freelance love classes were always the was sitting best.
2: there and getting like a whole sheet of notes and stuff. I, I was, I genuinely enjoyed those classes, but eventually I realized well, I think I realized so while I was working at Fairman's Dave Fairman also ran skate camps at the Robert E. Lambert Park, the Wawa Park. And I was a counselor there for a few years in a row. And I think through those I really realized that I don't like children. And I definitely didn't want, <laughs> I definitely didn't want my job to be um like having to perform for children all day, which is pretty much what right. teaching is my girlfriend's a teacher and it's like you are literally on the stage all day. And yeah, and whether you're planning for it, whether you're improvising, like face a performance for six to eight hours.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I, I realized I, I didn't been, want to do that. I know it's been difficult just to watch my own kids. You know, I have two kids that are in elementary school right now and watching them, watching their teachers just try to adjust to like this new life. Right. Because it's, it's almost like yeah. it's almost like teaching kids a new language while you're learning a brand new language. You know, how is she oh, exactly. doing? I mean, how has she been doing with the, like with, with having to adapt and, and adjust to everything around? It's been
2: super stressful, you know, cause um, she works with, she works over at the CCDC um, with a lot of special needs kids. So like just having to keep up with um, figuring out like goals and keeping up with goals for everyone's IEPs and stuff like that. It doesn't necessarily translate that easily from entirely in person to entirely online classes. So yeah. Um, I mean, I think she does a great job, and it always turns out that she does a great job, but you know, there's definitely things that manage to stress everyone out. So. I uh
1: I, I have a I have a a not that I didn't before, but it's it's a it's a newer found respect for the special needs teachers. My son is on the, my middle son's on the spectrum. So oh, yeah. trying to navigate his IEP while navigating this idea of hey, I'm gonna give you an iPad and you have to learn in class. You know, so he's in do no, he get distracted by everything else around you. <laughs> right. Don't look at TV, don't just look at the iPad, but also remember not to play games on here. You know, but yeah. like it's he's impossible. In- He's in kindergarten too. And this is the first time that he's had actually had a chance to like go and, and be in school. And and I feel like he's missing a lot of that really important, like face-to-face contact. So yeah, exactly. um, I know it's been, I know it's been super difficult, but yeah, I'm glad you were able to sort of identify that right away that like, yeah, this shit's not for me. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to do it. I'm
2: not going to waste my yeah. time. So um, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, from there, I just, uh, I, what was my major after that? I think I switched my major to biology. Mm. and then I quickly realized after that that I wasn't smart enough <laughs> for that so <laughs> check that one off the list. <laughs> um, cross that one next one yep yeah and then I was I was that was just like my major for a while because I didn't know what I wanted to switch it to and I wasn't gonna like totally commit to something when I still had no idea yet so I was just uh making sure to finish up all my gen eds and stuff like that and eventually I just went to my um whatever they're like the college equivalent of a guidance counselor, whatever they are, your advisor. Right. Um, and I was like, here's all my credits. Like, how do I get out of here fast? <laughs> so, like, uh, so my degree, <laughs> you, pulled a,
1: you pulled a Pierce Hawth- Hawthorne. I see. Yes. Well done. Yes. Good job. Right.
2: Took the cop out route. So my degree <laughs> um, was a professional studies degree with a minor in history and a minor in political studies wow. that I do not use or minor, minor in political science rather. Sorry. Wow. So you had enough credits
1: for all three of that's amazing, man. Well done.
2: Yeah. So I graduated, I think, with like twenty extra credits.
1: (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, I, I think I ended up with like six. I don't know. The math department over there was really difficult, and I ended up taking like 15, all over the place. Working with Dave Fairman, I don't know if if many people know, like kind of outside of Westchester or even in the in the skateboarding world. Dave Fairman's kind of a legend, man. Like Fairman's is a is a staple Definitely. of East Coast of East Coast skateboarding. What was it like to work with him and under him at that shop while he was still? Now I know he doesn't he doesn't manage the day to day operations anymore of Fairman's, but like you were there still with at the, at the tail. Yeah. I mean,
2: the time. majority of the time that I worked there, Dave was the owner. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it was, you know, obviously towards the end of him owning it and he wanted to move on to other things at that point, but um still working under him and still being able like being able to be around for like events and stuff that he organized and be able to talk shit with like all the people that I come through and somehow I managed to, just like by being around Dave, everyone else in Fairman's gets like the Dave clout, you know, just right, like just right. by working on Dave. Dave. Um, so I mean, pretty much anything and just like the, just the fact that it's the oldest, I'm pretty sure it's the oldest skate shop on the East coast. I think I the think, only I other right. skate shop that, that's older on, I don't know if Val surf is on the East coast or the West coast, but I think Val surf might be the oldest still continuing skate shop. Um, so, I mean, for, you know, to Dave, to Dave to have that accolade and then also have him like navigate the whole BAM era for BAM with everything. It was, right. uh, it's, it, you know, it's a pretty, pretty heavy and definitely, uh, you know, you feel like it's a privilege when you get hired there when Dave was, when Dave was the owner, you know, cause it's his, that was his child. <laughs>
1: Foundation Radio is brought to you today by The Dugout. The Dugout specializes in one-of-a-kind vintage and distressed clothing at an affordable price. One of my favorite t-shirts in my entourage right now is a Dudley Boys distressed vintage t-shirt from the late 90s and the greatest time in wrestling and the greatest tag team of all time. I now own one of their shirts. Also, I have this really rad Prince and the Revolution t-shirt from Purple Rain. All of the distressing work that they do is done by hand, so you know you're getting a quality product at an affordable price. And the great news is is that domestic shipping is always free within the United States. And right now, if you go onto their Etsy shop and use promo code FOUNDATION, you'll get 15% off of your entire purchase. That's right, 15% off your entire purchase. So you get an even better deal on an already affordable piece of amazing clothing. So go ahead and give them a follow right now at The Dugout Brand on Instagram. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And don't forget, if you go to their Etsy shop right now and use promo code FOUNDATION at checkout, you'll get 15% off of your entire purchase. The Dugout, customized and vintage apparel. Michael Sieben called you the political cartoonist of skateboarding. How do you feel about that title?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say I'm the political cartoonist of skateboarding. Uh, I'm a, a, and I wouldn't, I don't even know if I would consider myself a political cartoonist. I do political cartoons sometimes. Um, and I definitely, I mean, when, when there's something to be said, there's just something to be said, you know? Um, And if I can say it and get people talking about it and I definitely like to rile people up on the opposite of the aisle, opposite side of the aisle as well. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's great just sitting on the toilet and reading through like 600 comments of people having a conversation that I'm talking about, you know
1: one of the things that brought me a lot of like comfort and also like a little bit of reprieve as well was watching your drawings last year um during a lot of the civil unrest that was going on after George floyd and things like that was it important for you as a, a quote unquote notable person in the art world uh, to to make those statements and and put yourself in that position um, to you know speak out uh,
2: i think i mean it's definitely um, an important thing to do when you have a platform to do it Um, but even besides all that, even without a platform, I think it was an important thing to do. Um, I don't know if I would have, I obviously couldn't have gone about it the same way. Um, but just because I had a platform, um,
1: you know, I had to,
2: and there was something to be said, so that was the best way to do
1: it. I just, I, 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 shared multiple, uh, cartoons that you drew, uh, over that period of time. And I, and I really, I, I sort of look to you as one of the staples of that time, um, yeah. in order to share that yeah, content. I so it. I just wanted to, I wanted to thank you for that as well, yes. um, during that time. But one of the really cool things that I see on your page a lot too, um, is the, uh, your hashtag HJ body mods. Is that weird for you to see something that you've drawn? Cause that, I mean, for me, right, that would like. The first time I would see something like that, I'd be like, "Holy shit! I can't believe this is actually a thing." But like yeah. the so, fact that it happens so often—I mean, it's just that's pretty—that's pretty fucking cool, man. I forgot a little bit. <laughs> what has been your favorite uh, body mod that you've seen so far?
2: Uh, well, there's definitely a lot of least favorites.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start with that one? Why don't we start with the least favorite?
2: Well, a lot of people, a lot of them that I see, some people will take uh some creative liberties with the original pieces and um or they just won't necessarily be the greatest rendition of them which i still um you know i appreciate the support and everything but um favorite ones uh my favorite ones i think were so i drew this little let me see i don't know if i could find it here it's so far back so it was it was a little comic and it's just like I'll actually redraw it for you. Give me oh, okay. Yeah, take your time. One ahead. moment here, because it was so simple. <laughs> <laughs> I offered, I drew this, and I offered keep anyone who got it tattooed, I offered them a free T-shirt. And <laughs> three people got it tattooed. So three people got a T-shirt. And this, I'm almost done here. Spacing's a little off. And it's going to be backwards when I show it to you. Oh, can you see it at all? There we go. If you read it backwards, it says, your beehole makes me whole. <laughs> and uh, definitely one of my l- more lewd drawings. I mean, it is like an asterisk, but you get the um, connotations of it. But so three people got that tattooed on them. Oh, and my God. They just sent in and they got their free T-shirts. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. That is unbelievable, man. Where, where did I I have to know? Where did they get a tattooed on themselves? Um, I don't, I don't know the exact body part for all of them, but I know
2: every single one that they sent over. I could see like other tattoos around it, so it was probably just you know like small little filler stuff. I don't think that was anyone's first tattoo. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that would
1: that wouldn't be anything. I mean, yeah. I'm really sorry about the swap. I apologize. That is amazing, man. Now I saw recently too, that you just did a collaboration. I know you've done a lot of collaborations with a lot of really famous skateboarders and a lot of famous brands, but the one that really stood out to me recently was Adidas. Tell me about that, man. Tell me here it is. So, um, that is unbelievable. my
2: friend, Carl, uh, Carl Watson, who also happens to be a very notable professional skateboarder, um, he originally hit me up to do the, my first skateboard children's book. Um, and he also happens to work at Adidas as, um, I guess like, uh, one of the team managers. I don't know if that's his official title, but um, he works over there. Uh, and he, you know, pretty much just put me in contact with, I guess the more art direction, corporate kind of dudes and said some good words about me and they liked, like my art and let me, uh, put some stuff on some t-shirts i'm actually really excited too about um getting to do this trefoil logo um another artist that had um done some commission graphics for adidas they like reached out to me and they were like oh you know here's like my rendition of the trefoil logo that i sent to adidas and they said no the only person that gets to mess with that logo is mark gonzalez so the fact that they let me do it (laughs) that's that sure makes me
1: feel good. <laughs> I was going to say that's an exclusive list, man. That's yeah. now, now, I guess, how does that work? Just because I've never, you know, d- just explain it to me like I'm five. Like when you, how does that process start? So you, you put together a bunch of ideas or do they give you like a scope of what they want? How does that work when you submit things to them directly?
2: Um, in this case, it was, I think they just told me like they just, I mean, they just wanted, uh, actually, no. I don't think they gave me it. They don't, didn't tell me really to do anything. They just said, we're going to have a sweatshirt, a long sleeve shirt and two t-shirts. So, um, they didn't ask me to do the trefoil logo at all. I just did that and sent it over to them and I guess they liked it enough. And then I'm glad they did like it enough because then what I like to do a lot of times is do like a small little hit on like the front chest and then the bigger graphic on the back. So uh, you'll notice like the t-shirts or two of the t-shirts in the line have like the small little chest hit and the bigger graphic on the back and then um i guess one is just one is just like the bigger logo on the front without the floor logo but um yeah they just uh pretty much when they gave me the okay for that i was just designing uh like the bigger back graphics with um with the characters.
1: That is unbelievable, man. Now, I guess it's been it's been pretty successful so far, as far as like you know the so the, the project. That's
2: yeah.
1: Fine, I, I,
2: hopefully, I they want to do more stuff in the future. I was
1: just gonna say, yeah, Adidas. If you're listening, please, please do that. Um, I, I remember I was actually on Instagram and I took a screenshot to send it to Angel, and I was like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. Like knowing somebody that has done something this big. I mean, that's like to me, that's. That's next level, man. Like, I
2: went to the grocery store the other day, and uh, I was wearing it. and The cashier was like, "Oh, I really like your sweatshirt." And of course, I'd be like, "Well, it just so
1: happens." <laughs> well, like thank it. you very much. I I don't want to brag, but uh, yes, you know, it's exactly. my work. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely did not sound humble. <laughs> <laughs> you can't not with something like that with a brand like Adidas. For Christ's yeah. sakes, I would be bragging like crazy. Yeah, now, is it, it in my portfolio? Is it? Do, have you seen anything else in public? Like, what was? I guess where was the biggest place that you've seen your? You know, obviously in the grocery store, or just in Westchester, you may see your stuff, but like, where was the the most random that you've seen any of your designs, whether it be a skateboard or a shirt?
2: Uh, I know there's probably one that I'm not thinking of, but um, bringing it back to to, to the tattoos. Um, so this is the first time I ever saw someone with one of my tattoos. Is because it was. And this is before I had like any Instagram notoriety or anything like that. Someone sent me a screenshot of the most um, tagged image of, or the most liked image of the Mark Gonzalez hashtag on Tumblr. And it was just uh, someone's like bare torso. And the only tattoo they had was a really big one of my illustrations on their ribs. (laughs) Wow. I was like, so I just thought that that was really funny, that it was like the main thing for the Mark Gonzalez hashtag. And then after that, I found a bunch more just by searching like Mark Gonzalez hashtag on Instagram. And it was, there was a bunch more people that had gotten my tattoos mistaken are like, Mark Gonzalez. So. And I have to admit, I think the style back then I was using a little bit thicker. I was using like a sharpie, so the line consistently or consistency was a little bit closer, but um, since then, I think it's definitely diverged a bit.
1: Now, as far as Mark Gonzalez, I know that he's uh, 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 an influence on you. Tell me a, a couple, a little bit more about some of your other um, favorite artists and how they've influenced your work. Um, well, obviously I have to give a shout out to my mom uh, <laughs> she, and my dad too,
2: just because i speaking of, if we're speaking about both of them, I think my dad has really influenced my style a little bit more just because he's um, more of a doodler and little quick illustration character characters and stuff like that. Um, outside of skateboarding, um, artists like Ralph Steadman, Charles Schultz.
1: Um, I, think well, I know one of the names that comes up a lot is, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher this Hayao Miyazaki. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So um, he's, he's more of an, he's more of the anime style, right? Like
2: yeah. So really i you man- super yeah. into stuff like that too. Um, so you'll notice in a, a lot of my illustri- or not a lot, but like a decent amount of illustrations, all kind of, draw a little bit from that with like my guy doing like crazy samurai moves and shit with the skateboard and like sliding around and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's definitely a big influence as well. Yeah.
1: Now, before we get into talking about my first skateboard, cause I really do want to talk about that. Um, you mentioned on Instagram uh, some of the comments and things that you've gotten into. Do you find that you spend too much time arguing on, like, Instagram with people's comments or, or any of the trolls um, um. as far as on your art? Because I know that, like, you know, I, I, knowing someone with a little bit of notoriety on Instagram, you, you get to know and talk to them about different things and different comments that you see. But, like... Has it was it more difficult this year than any other year? or did you find yourself sort of being able to tune out the trolls a little bit more?
2: I typically don't respond <laughs> a lot of times. I typically don't respond to most of the comments um, just because I mean, if I'll be if I'm being honest, sometimes it can just get a little overwhelming like, okay, yeah. I have to so I'll just let that stagnate stagnate and stuff. And um, usually if there is an argument to be had, I'll have enough people. To agree with my with like whatever I'm the point I'm trying to get across that everyone can just argue amongst themselves and I can read my in every once in a while, <laughs> but um for the for the most part I I tend to stay relatively um not so involved in the arguments that might occur in my Instagram comments <laughs> if it, if I can get like a nice
1: zinger I'll put it in there <laughs> <laughs> one one liner and then they end it yeah yeah and then you won't see me again for a week. <laughs> How? <laughs> Are you uh, are you still excited about skateboarding? Absolutely. um,
2: And I've been um, I've been pretty good about locking down and quarantining. So it's kind of a bummer because I'm like, I won't go to the skate park or anything like that lately. Uh, Obviously, it's been winter also lately, so I haven't really been skateboarding that much. But um, I remember at the beginning of this whole thing, we had right down the street from me. uh, I don't know if you know where Sam's Pete's Island is in town. I,
1: I know exactly where it is. I can see it
2: right, yep. right across the street. There's a, an abandoned car wash that we had a nice, just like a bunch of random obstacles and trash and shit that we were skating for a while. So we didn't have to go to the skate park and we could just uh, avoid everyone down there. So hopefully, you know, everyone's getting their vaccines in a couple months and I can get back to skating around people when it gets warmer. <laughs>
1: I was just going to ask that next question as far as, you know, being in quarantine. I I typically ask everyone, um, do you feel as though quarantine and COVID in general has made you more creative or less creative?
2: Um, I think more creative or maybe not more creative, but more productive. Um, Because I'm in my office all day and I'm a good hunker downer. So you got to do what you got to do. And it's been nice too, because I don't know if it's a direct correlation to my productivity, but I think a lot of people um, I've definitely noticed a, an uptick in sales of like prints and stuff like that. Maybe that's just because so many more people are spending time inside making stuff to decorate their walls with, but I appreciate it for sure.
1: (laughs) I just actually saw some of the products on, uh, on your store uh, and the yellow t-shirt that take me home tonight. I fucking love that, man. That shit is yeah, like that's it, one I, of my favorite ones. I love the I like the loud colors, right. I'm, and purple. I know purple's like my favorite color, but like the yellows and the bright oranges and all that stuff. So I love the loudness of it, but I also love the simplicity of the design. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so there's just something perfect about it.
2: Um, I think I always, I always try to do or every once in a while, I'd like to put out like a big bright or like just one of the regular gra- graphics, but on like a very bright yellow t-shirt. Um, Mainly because, at least for me, a bright yellow t shirt is very reminiscent of like early 2000s skateboarding. Like any brand, you could get a bright yellow t shirt with their graphic like right on the front. So
1: I can recall back.
2: That's a reference to a little bit.
1: Back in the day, I remember all of those, those early, like I don't, I wouldn't say in the infancy of it, but like as that boom was starting to really take off, I remember all those bright, wild colors. My first skateboard. Were you excited to f- be able to do the illustrations? Obviously Carl Watson's a, you know, a, a yeah. fantastic book. Um, you sort of touched on a little bit how that started, but w- what was that process like? And then do you feel- like It was a long it, process. Is- <laughs> um, <laughs> illustrated well, okay. books I hear is is a very difficult process. Yeah.
2: Well, and I've never illustrated a children's book. Um, Carl had never written a children's book. Um, so it took a few tries of kind of like- going through and formatting the whole thing, going back to the drawing board and kind of revamping the text or dialogue so that it translated to just like a page by page basis kind of thing. And also to the illustrations. So I think, um, I like partially almost completed or got like a couple pretty decent rough drafts once or twice before eventually the third and final draft was the completed one. Um, and I mean, to be honest, I would love to give myself one more chance to, to, I mean, I'm probably thinking about this with, uh, almost all my projects, but, you know, just give myself one more chance to really, really fine tune it. But, um, Carl's writing another book that I think I'll be the illustrator on too. So <laughs> that's my second chance.
1: That's fantastic, man. And the responses seems to be overwhelmingly positive <laughs> to that book. They're that's very good. Very good. That's response. fantastic, man. So that's my awesome. I can count it's happy. So I'm happy. <laughs> That's always that's a plus, right? That's that's a yeah. win win right there. It's kind of amazing, like when when quarantine started. Like I remember getting that initial stuff and 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 getting the calls from the school, being like, oh, the kids will be home for two weeks, and then I'm working from home for a week and a half. It's like, all right, well, this will be fine, and you know, we'll get settled in. Like we just redid our bedroom at our old house, and two my weeks. wife. Two be? weeks, we'll be fine. How, how? What's the worst that could happen, Henry? Right? And here I am wearing fucking dish gloves and three masks to Walmart to try to find toilet paper because you don't yeah. know how fucking crazy it's going to be, right? Um, you know, next thing we know, WrestleMania is held in a lot. And it's just like it's it It was sort of amazing in the very beginning, like not just the fact that we had to watch Tiger King, but also like <laughs> just sitting, just being able to like sit and spend time with my family. And you're right, like this idea of not so much like FOMO, but like, I guess for me, FOMO sort of went away because yeah. I used well, to be that kind of yeah, person where I
2: that's more accurate to what I was thinking.
1: For sure. Yeah, it's it's like you, you sort of be this, you're like, oh man, I miss that. I wish I was there. Oh, Bam's doing something at the skate park. I really wish I would have gone. I don't, I don't want to be anywhere. Like, no, no, man, I'm good. I got my TV shows tonight. Like yeah. I'm I'm set up here. I can write uh, this podcast. I'm doing all this fun stuff. And like, I really feel like it's changed. You know, it's the the paradigm has shifted for me in order to be more productive. And it sounds like we're, yeah. we're sort of on the same page with that.
2: Well, yeah, like I, I used to spend so much money, just like going out to eat, going to the bars and stuff like that. Now, like I'm cooking at home, the majority of the nights out of the week. Um, I haven't for the last month, I cut out alcohol. So like, that's something else I did. Um, how was that? How did that go for you? Good. I actually did it because um, I was not I was having a lot of trouble sleeping. And uh, I figured, you know what, uh, maybe I'll try this. So it's been a month I have not had any alcohol. Um, and my sleep issues were resolved. So I think. Well, there you go. Problem solved, man. Probably had a little bit of a drinking problem just because I was like, that's the other thing with quarantine. I was like, all right, 12 o'clock, I'll uh, crack a
1: beer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, well, it's 1130. I got to get in the shower. I'll, I'll just have a beer. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So um, I think also <laughs> through quarantine, I got to do a little bit of self-reflection too. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, I, think it <laughs> us,
1: I was just going to say that it forced us all to deal with our own bullshit and, and, yes. and get right you know I, I was you know I'm very open about my struggles with my depression and my anxiety and I was the, seeing a therapist in person at the end of 2019 and then all the way through up until I think it was August or September I yeah. was having Zoom meetings with my therapist and it was really fucking weird in the beginning man you know because you're used to having that again like you said that in person interaction but I felt like it allowed me especially when I was on the phone with him, I felt like it allowed me to like really be honest because I find that there's this there's this unique honesty when I'm talking to someone on the phone or I'm texting someone or even when I'm commenting and I'm writing something, there's this way that I, I have what I call my unique honesty where I can just be, be unfiltered with what I'm saying. And there's like, I don't yeah. feel that I initial agree. judgment when people look at me or when I have conversations. Um, so that was really helpful to me to sort of keep going, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that that's resolved and you were able to work on a lot of your, a lot of your stuff. I feel like that's really important. Yeah. Um, and, especially, uh, and
2: I think going forward too, I'll be able to a little bit, you know, maintain some good habits that I developed right. throughout this whole thing. I mean, now that's my,
1: plan. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? Now I have to know, since I, I mentioned Tiger King, have you, what's the last thing that you binged and what was your favorite thing that you binged?
2: Um, the last thing that I'm, that I binged that I'm currently binging, uh, I never had watched the full alien movie series all the way through. I've only, okay. I had only watched Prometheus and alien covenant. So in the last few days, my girlfriend and I—pretty um, much—it was mostly my idea. Um, <laughs> we watched the beginning for Aliens. We just watched Prometheus today. We'll watch Alien Covenant tomorrow or something. Uh, I've made Hannah watch through all the Star Wars movies in chronological order.
1: That a boy. Uh, That's really the way to
2: do it. All Lord of the Rings a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and uh, pretty soon we're gonna get into the chronological order of all the Marvel movies because we just uh. were. We've been watching Wandavision, so
1: I've heard a, a ton of amazing things about the show. I'm still working on getting through Picard, and then I'm still I have to do Wanda, or I have to do The Mandalorian next, and then I'm going to do Wandavision. So, like, I,
2: yeah, I think Mandalorian, going back to what my favorite one was, um, yeah, that has been, like,
1: have you have have you not finished it yet? I've gotten through about halfway through season one. <sighs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's so so
2: so good that i think that is like top three star wars productions
1: um, wow we will enjoy it a lot i'm yeah. really excited it's about really kenobi good. i'm really excited about kenobi coming out dude, like have, there's so much stuff coming out
2: that yeah like, dude well, because you got to think, there's if without, without any of, like, the pandemic stuff happening, it would have been, like, kind of just our regular stream of stuff coming out. But now that so much stuff has just gotten pushed back, it's like, holy shit, we're going to, like, <laughs> I'm, we're going to not have to be quarantined. I'm going to still be inside, like, watching Yeah, this right? Stuff.
1: Like, and I think, too, so like, to all that. the... The way that that we've been ingesting or you know, intaking content recently has changed. I mean, I don't, I don't foresee, I'm a, I'm a kind of like a germaphobe as it is in some respects. And the idea of just sitting in a movie theater pre-COVID now thinking about it is like, ugh, man, I can't believe I used yeah. to, like, mm-hmm. not only, what was I thinking, man, drinking out of a cup like that, ugh. you know? So like, the way I watch now, yeah. we have Peacock and we're gonna, you know, that we have this other, a lot of these streaming apps and stuff. And for me, it's like, I don't have a reason to really go back to the theater. You know, I can watch you everything know in my, in my apartment or at my house or wherever we're at. And like, I don't, I don't have a need for it anymore, but I feel like between, yeah, I was never a big theater person out nah, there. No, nah, I'm always freaked out by it. And I just, I, I don't, I don't like going, but yeah, I feel like we're about to be bombarded with a ton of shit pretty soon. And, and I, you know, now that again, the world is opening up, are you, are you feeling hopeful that things are going to get better or are you, are you a glass half empty kind of person like I am when it comes um, to this whole process?
2: Probably one of the towards the back of the line to dip my toes back in the water
1: <laughs> yeah um,
2: yeah well and there's just like i don't know if you just saw today texas completely lifted their mask mandate oh and it's God. like we're still at numbers that were like the peak of last summer so i don't see if we're, we're going to be shutting down schools in like march of last year what makes people think it's okay to I don't know. So I, I, and they're, they're already saying, I'm that binging gonna, stuff. I'm, I'll, I, if I have to be inside for another year, whatever. I'm,
1: I'm set, man. I'm good. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm good where I'm at, man. I just, I, and I saw that Wolf is uh, governor Wolf is doing the, um, the lifting of some of the sanctions in, in Pennsylvania. And I am extremely apprehensive about that. I will not be partaking yeah. in any of that, you know, like that's, that's not my bag, but I
2: mean, yeah, I haven't been to, um, well, actually, I did go to Jitter's one time a couple of weeks ago just because I knew it was uh, like pretty much empty. But other right. than that, like within the last year, I can count on my hand how many times I've eaten inside an establishment. Yeah. So
1: I, I um, went uh, I would go with my son. We do a pancake breakfast. You know, we go get pancakes like once a month. And the at the very like I think it was maybe closer to the end of last year. There was nobody in the in the restaurant. So we were like, all right, yeah. let's go in here and we'll quick eat. Nobody else came in; it was just us. And I was like, all right, well, I'm good. Uh, but other than that, man, we've you know, yeah, we if we're going somewhere, we quarantine before we go. We go and drive, we stay where we're at, and then we come back. You know, it's it's just not worth it, man. It's not worth the time yeah. or the energy, and it's not yeah. worth putting myself in danger. But uh, Henry, where can people find you? Obviously, you're on Instagram, uh, but where weird. can people find uh, your your art and your products? And and I really, like I said, I love I love all of the designs and the art. And now you do also you do commission sketches for people too right like if they want to do that
2: um yeah so if um i get a lot of my commission orders are from uh men's significant others who will buy it as like hey like hey can you draw my boyfriend like doing the skateboard trick for me and stuff like that or uh believe it or not i get a lot of dog commissions um really yes and i don't know where people got this idea that like i draw people somewhere that i draw dogs really well or whatever but i do draw (laughs) dogs really well so uh if you do have a dog that needs (laughs) drawing reach out
1: So ever, you can go to henryjonesstudio.com and that will direct you yep. right to the, your store. Yeah,
2: awesome. I pay for that domain name, so please use it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love, I cannot wait to pick up this this yellow t-shirt here, man. I'm staring at it again and I can't get it. Oh my God, is this tea, Is this sea foam? My God in heaven, this is yes. brilliant. I love all the products. If you're looking for a great commission piece or obviously if you want your dog drawn, uh, you know, reach out to Henry. Henry, thank you so much, man, for taking the time to chat you with me. Sure. I really it's had a nice time. mine. Man. I'll talk to you soon, bud. Take it
0: easy. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and executive produced by Adam Barnard. The show is also produced by Sam Craps. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almey. Our intro and outro music is produced by Dumb Ugly. Find this episode and our full archive at foundationradio.net. Follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Butts Carlton, Proprietor.